Well, welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Erica. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steve. So friends, welcome back to our Easter series. We have been asking ourselves, what gives life? So far, we have talked about Jesus. We've talked about what it means to be in a congregation with sprinting versus being in a marathon. We've talked about burnout and we've talked about creation care. But where are we going today? Well, we thought, and maybe this will expose our inner church nerds here, but that actually being together in community, like happens in church life, had, at its best gives life. Uh, and that we might talk about how being together, how the, the practice, especially physically together in one place like church often is, but other ways of being in community at its best can bring us to life. Um, and maybe that sounds uh, naive or overly optimistic, because uh, we also know sometimes being around other people can be a frustration in life. Um, but like, it seems worth saying, especially as representatives of organized religion that shows up by let's all get together and be church together, that there's something in that that gives life. But may, maybe we should spell out like, what, what is it about being together that can be life giving? What, what makes that uh, a worthwhile thing to do as Christians have been doing for 2000 years and our um, earlier ancestors in ancient Israel and Judaism were doing for centuries or a thousand years before that. So it always strikes me with being worship in community. And I think that this has been a, a big question about, you know, the last three years, right? Is how far or how widely can we define a worship community, mm -hmm. right? Like, can we find that same sense of community online? Mm -hmm. And it, maybe this is a, a good place to have this conversation because like, yeah, we are all living with the last three years forced churches at some points not to meet in person at all and then may, probably do some kind of hybrid -y thing where some people are meeting together and some people are only showing up watching things online or streaming or connected in other ways and maybe it would be helpful to to hear it, what 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 did you feel was lost what did you discover was there that you didn't expect when you had to do creative online -y kinds of things and what are things that you're like Okay, I'm glad we can do the full in-person thing now. What 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 were your experiences from your vantage points in that? Well, first, I would like to acknowledge that the answer about whether or not like worship online, like does it does it count? Mm -hmm. I think that varies. Like that answer varies from person to person and community to community. Okay. Like the way that I was able to connect with people was very different than how some of my older colleagues were able to connect with people. And mm -hmm. that varied again, just, just somebody else. Um, I struggled with online worship in the early days of COVID. And that was primarily though, because I was in a geographical location where the internet connection was not good. Mm -hmm. And so like, there were just certain places where I could not zoom. I could not live stream because the mm -hmm. internet connection did not yeah. support those technologies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I never really got comfortable with recording myself doing worship to upload later. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. felt artificial. It felt like mm -hmm. a performance. Mm -hmm. And especially because like we got really comfortable with 
oh, that didn't feel good. You fumbled that word. Well, let's re-record it. And it's mm. like, but that's, mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah. if you fumble a word in the liturgy or in the reading, normally you wouldn't go back and just start over. You would just yeah. live with that fumble. Like it's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. And so like, there was like a whole new pressure I felt yeah. on my sermons of like, mm, that didn't feel good. Do I just want to go and re- redo mm. it? Yeah. Mm. No, because once you've delivered a sermon, it's it's yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you pre-record, that's a whole new thing. Yeah. Um, I will say though, when I moved and the new church that I started serving, they didn't do pre-recorded services; they did Zoom, mm-hmm. and that's what they've continued to do even now. Our hybrid service is in person and on Zoom, and so everybody still comes at the same time, so that. Mm-hmm. You do completely miss the aspect of being able to watch something later. Yeah. There's none of that. It's it's mm-hmm. worship starts at 10 a.m. Yeah. Ends by 11 15. Um, yeah. but people on Zoom can interact with each other. They yeah. can interact with the musician and I before and after worship. And so like there's still that sense of like conversation and like face-to-faceness yeah. that I think is missing in live stream. Yeah. And this this gets at something that's probably a part of public worship in general that maybe we should have a whole separate conversation about some other time, too, about how much of public worship is going to feel like performance, but also how you push against it being just a performance Mm -hmm. of people up front. And that, yeah, to some degree, if one person is up front as the one talking or leading singing or playing music, that feels pretty much like a performance. But like there is something important about you know what? It's not about perfection. So when I flub a word or when I trip or when something happens, we don't go back and redo it. That, that's an important piece. And part of what makes worship different from going to a concert or a play is that lived, we are all participants in this, not just I'm watching other people do stuff and they have to get it right or it doesn't count. I mean, that, that's an important piece you raised. Um, m- maybe we could also talk about like in the, the, the difference of what it really feels like to connect genuinely when you had to deal with people on screens and what, what is possible when you've got people all in one room or what, what are the hindrances or obstacles we had to, to deal with? Cause I, I like you, Sarah wrestled with the connectivity thing, even doing Bible studies during COVID there'd be times where you couldn't tell was someone not speaking up because they didn't have anything to say, or they were waiting their turn or they had bad connectivity and they, and even reading those silences Mm -hmm. became so painfully difficult in a way that when you're in a room full of live people, you can tell when someone's expression is thoughtful and they're thinking about what they're going to say or they don't have anything or whatever. But um, what, what, what are other things that you experienced about that, that um, online experience and, and how that did or didn't scratch the itch for community? I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of, personally of online worship. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do, especially in the heaviness in, in the deepest first days of COVID. I just record the sermon. Um, mm-hmm. we don't quite have the liturgy that you all do as Lutherans and it did feel like a performance. There were times I went back and re-recorded, um, one time cause it was a Nash Wednesday service and I completely read the wrong psalm. <laughs> so <laughs> I went back and, and I don't have editing skills to like, just, Oh, I'm going to cut that part out and then like, you know, keep going and figure out the right psalm. Um, so I had to start from the beginning yeah. of the service. Um, but I personally, I don't know. I just feel that loss of a connection with online worship that I have in person. And I'm a pretty strong introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you think online would be better for me because <laughs> like, well, then I don't have to physically interact with people. Right. But I found myself, especially in those early days when we were just trying to figure out what in the world to do and everything yeah. was online. Yeah. You know, I had meetings galore with my district superintendent and with colleagues and, and things, everything. I was on Zoom all day long. But being single and being in the house with just my dog and not seeing another person mm-hmm. got to the introvert in me Yeah. Um, really quickly, much more quickly than I ever would have thought uh, would have happened. Um, I, I get, like Sarah said, you know, online is different for every person because, you know, as a leader or as a participant, yeah. you, you've got, the, you know, your pluses and minuses and it changes for every person. Yeah. Um, now uh, my both my churches live stream and then post on to Facebook afterwards. Yeah. So you can watch for like another 30 days. Um and we get comments and stuff, but I don't necessarily have folks like keeping track of those comments either. Yeah. Um, which is hard. Yeah. It it feels to me like you name something important about um how you make room for people who are at different places and an important gift of community is the way that the collective pays attention to the needs of individuals, you know, in that sense Mm -hmm. of that we don't just say, well, most of us have, you know, fast enough internet. So we're leaving the you who don't have fast internet behind, or most of us like this. But like part of the beauty, I think of life in community is when you as an individual with whatever your particularities are, find yourself, you in all the units of you honored and like, yeah, we made space for you and that the party wouldn't have been the same without you. And I, I, like, I guess I'd be like, that's at, at the best, what it means to be in community as church is that sense, not just of good, you're help, you know, you're helping bring our numbers up and we would have had a smaller crowd if you wouldn't have been here, but more mm-hmm. like, no, you with all of your particularities so that you, uh, we know that you really like this song. So sometime we're going to sing the song you like and some, and that, that sense of like, um, that your details matter, but so do the details of everybody else. And so that, that there's something about being together with other people. The only way you get that recognition of both that you matter and that others matter is in, in a, a corporate gathering of some kind, you know, where sometimes I'm the center and sometimes somebody else is the center and each of us has a feeling like we really belong that to me, like that's a lot harder to accomplish in a screen-based format. Mm-hmm. If it happens, man, that's great, but that's a lot harder, I guess. It, at least it seemed to me. To me, honestly, it felt like the, and not to stay only in the, well, the words of COVID as our conversation, but the, to me, it felt like the the best or the most I could hope for out of uh, video stuff in COVID was an episode of the old Mr. Rogers show. Like, and that was in pre-internet <laughs> time where like he would talk to the camera and make it seem like he was talking right to you. So like as a kid watching Mr. Rogers, it felt like he's really talking to me. He really wants me to answer back to the screen. Mm-hmm. And then to realize he did not see me, he, you know, but like he meant, I mean, God love him. Mr. Rogers surely meant well. And if he could have talked to every individual kid through the screen, he would have, um, but, the, and there was like, it was a clearly artificial, wasn't really a conversation. You could point yeah. in the direction of real conversation, but at best it was sort of a, naming very clearly, this isn't the fullness of what there could be. This is a placeholder until we can be all together again. And it wasn't awful, yeah. but it was, it, it sort of felt like at best, Mr. Rogers. There, there was a moment though, that, 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 online worship experience even though it wasn't as good as being in person was better 
than what we were allowed to do in yeah. person. Like yeah. there was a, there was, I remember mm-hmm. this moment, it was like spring, it was like summer-ish of like 2020, like when uh-huh. things were still very, very scary. There wasn't any vaccinations yet. Um, and, you know, I was in a team ministry and my senior pastor has um, had um, a compromised immune system. I had two very small kids at home. And so like, we were wanting to be very, very cautious as clergy. And Mm -hmm. we knew that our population was elderly. And like, it was one of those, like, we want to be like super cautious. And, but like, everyone's saying we should be back in person for worship. Mm -hmm. And so like, we were looking at all of the recommendations about how to do this safely. And all of the recommendations were things like, you should only be in the same room together for like a half an hour. <laughs> right. Try to be as far apart as possible and try to talk as little as possible because like yep. the air moving out of you, like mm-hmm. when you're speaking or singing, like it's it's so much worse like than yep. if you're just being there quiet and like mm-hmm. masked and far away. And so like there was this brief moment when in-person worship was so much more lonely yeah. than talking to a camera. Yeah. Because yeah, like you yeah. could see people, but you couldn't interact with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like for us as Lutherans, it meant like try not to do responsive liturgy. Don't sing. Don't do <laughs> right. all of these things that right. make worship feel like worship. Um, right. And, you know, we had we did a weird thing with communion for a while where we had like this like Pez dispenser uh, that like spat out a wafer that we had mm-hmm. dried some wine on. Like it yeah. was awful and like and it was kind of like really is this what you all want like this is better Mm -hmm. than just being online and it's like no this isn't what anybody wants but we'd rather be in person like Mm -hmm. it it was tough I hated that like that was awful yeah yeah so I think you've hit on something really important here that like okay community includes sometimes it's the being in its same physical location, but it's also possible to make the physical location thing completely awkward if you can't talk, can't sing, can't Mm -hmm. interact. So part of why community can give life is when we're in the same place and see other people and it feels not like a performance, but a lived event together. But part of what made that time, and yeah, right in that summer of 2020 felt so artificial in its own way was we weren't doing the things that church folks do together like the value mm-hmm. of singing together speaking together all that um and maybe that's something that's worth naming that while there's other forms in which christian community happens man since like almost the beginning we've been gathering together and singing i mean even jesus and the disciples on the night of his betrayal go out and sing the hymn on the mount of olives um We've been doing that as part of our collective gathering worship since the very, very beginning. And there's something valuable, like in a way that maybe you can't reduce to words, but it feels like something is good for your soul. Or to borrow our phrasing in this whole series, it brings you more to life, right? Like you mm-hmm. feel more alive. But what, talk about that. What, what's your experience with like, or what was it like when you could first sing again in worship after COVID uh, began to relent? That was... The having worship and not being able to sing for it was terrible for me. Yeah. Because that's like, for me personally, that's how I connect with God the most is through song. Mm-hmm. I'm a singer. I've always got something playing in my head. Um, and so that was just, it, it didn't feel like worship. Yeah. I, I know worship just isn't singing, but it didn't feel like a worship service without singing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 
as a Methodist, you know, there, there's this joke. I don't know if it's a joke or just a saying. We, we, think, we sing our theology. Yeah. You know, and so it just felt so unnatural. Yeah. And even when we did bring it back, like we brought back one song and then we brought yeah. back two songs and like, right. it was a little right. bit better, but we were singing with masks. And so then like yeah. my little itty bitty congregation who, you know, were kind of spread out to begin with, or even more spread out. Yeah. You're not hearing that, yeah. you know, that collective voice come back at you because some of them are, even though they're masked, aren't singing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or if yeah. they are singing, they're muffled because they're still wearing masks. Yeah. What was it like for you, Sarah? I honestly don't remember when singing came back for me. I might have been after my move. So, like, it was okay. really, like, there was this awkward time where I wasn't in a church. Yeah. Like, and we were moving, and I was yeah. home with the kids because, like, I didn't have a call yet. So, like, we mm-hmm. couldn't put the kids in daycare yet. And um, So, it might have been, like, coming into a new place yeah. is when I started singing again. And it... It, it that took a while because okay. both I felt like my voice was rusty um because because like you Erica yeah. I've always been a singer um that's the part of worship that I can relax and mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm responsible for leading and right. so it's a moment where I can worship and not be leading mm-hmm. um so it took me a while to like find my voice again and to like get my range back to where it's supposed like normally. Um, but also it took me like a hot minute to like get used to this new community and how they sing and what songs they tend to gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, and so like that always takes a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like it, it took me a while to like mm-hmm. come back into mm-hmm. singing mm-hmm. again. And like, and also with the masking, because my family decided that we needed to continue masking until our youngest could be vaccinated. And that took so much longer than I was like, that took a while for the under fives to get vaccinated. And um, my congregation was nice enough to um, say, yeah, that's a good marker. Once the five under fives can be fully vaccinated, then we'll talk about doing away with the masks mm-hmm. like and everyone mm-hmm. else around us can do away with the masks if they want to but we'll make yeah. the commitment that we will mask until yeah. everyone can be vaccinated yeah and that yeah. was such a gift and it was mostly it was a gift to me because mm-hmm. i had the only child in the congregation that was under five yeah but it um so we we kept being masked and being a little bit muffled yeah. in our singing until the vaccinations came to me it's moments like that that feel like they really, really get what the point or the beauty of community is and how community can be life-giving. And to me, it feels like that is a great illustration of like what the prophets meant at their best when they'd say things like, I don't care about your singing and your prayers and your solemn assemblies if you're being jerks to each other. Um, and that like, here's a moment of saying, we would rather have muffled song, but no kid is going to be at greater risk of getting COVID uh, mm-hmm. because we, you know, like we're going to wait till they could be vaccinated. And that there was a clear, like, here's the boundary. It won't be forever, but this is the benchmark that makes sense. But like, to me, there are, a whole bunch of ways we have the chance as communities, as congregations to take that, that time and energy to let people know that they belong uh, and that they can feel like uh, we don't know who else will need this, but right now it's, you know, if in your case, it was you and your 
child, or it's when you make a, a building handicap accessible. And it may or may not be there's anybody in a wheelchair right now, but it's like when somebody in this church has knee replacement mm-hmm. surgery and they come in on a wheelchair, or when someone comes and they do have those needs, do we say, sorry, most of us don't need it, so you don't matter, in which case it becomes death dealing to be a community or do we say no how do we intentionally make the welcome we made this space so that you can be here too and that you can belong and not feel like sorry the parts of this are off limits to you that i think that's a fantastic and even down to how we pick music when we sing together you know sometimes it's um of having a variety so that there's going to be something that you know the people who've been around for 70 years love and know because it's one of their favorites, but also you find things that are going to appeal to younger people with that sense of how do we make sure there's connecting points for everybody in the course of a Sunday? And maybe how do we be okay with, there's going to be something that stretches everybody a little bit so that you learn to get better at making room for other people too. Maybe I've, I've said this before, but I remember something I learned on my internship congregation. My, my supervisor used to kind of joke about this, but it, it, it's a point that I have taken to heart that he thought it was valuable every so often that the congregation sing songs and learn songs that were in other languages. And he would say without mm-hmm. missing a beat, because one day in glory, we're going to have to learn all these songs. And it was so helpful, like as someone who grew up in, um, you know, only Lutheranism and like, well, of course, we will only sing German Lutheran or Scandinavian songs because that's who will be in heaven. No. Oh, my goodness. There's going to be. And like, how do we learn now that we will be the newcomers of the welcome guests as well? And when you are forced to think outside of your comfort zone that you're not always the host, sometimes you're the newcomer and you're the one who someone else is making room for. Man, it has a way of making you think, oh, yeah. In other circumstances, how am I either welcoming somebody into community or not welcoming them into community uh, by what's said or what's not said? And even like, especially in church life, how we speak our own churchy jargon, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and Lutherans are great. We use Kyrie and Nicene Creed and, up, you know, like, man, there's a million ways we can put up roadblocks for people who had the courage to walk in the doors, not to feel like they are welcomed. In seminary, every year they do a kingdom week, um, kingdom tied whatever they call it um and they usually bring in speakers that are not white americans mm-hmm. um and then the student populations the the um indian population the korean population the african population on campus um usually end up leading worship one day each each one of those mm-hmm. days during the week and then we sing songs in their native tongue yeah and it was one of the most incredible and joy-filled experiences of my seminar every time that that week came around um mm-hmm. to get the opportunity to sing songs that yeah and maybe maybe we sung songs that we knew but we didn't mm-hmm. sing them in english yeah 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 and i'm just like oh this is just what, a little bit little taste of what heaven will be like yeah 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 it's it, it reminds me a lot of like the stories of the you know world war one and world war one two mm-hmm. where you know on, mm-hmm. on christmas like, right you know the the americans and the germans and the British, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who all was there, would sing Silent Night. And it was right. in both English and in German. Yeah. And yeah. it was a great moment of connection, right? Of yeah. like, yeah, we're fighting this war. We're on opposite sides, but we also both worship Christ. Yeah. And this is the day that we celebrate Christ's birth. Yeah. yeah. And here's this great Christmas hymn. And maybe that points to both great potential and promise. Like you use the word glimpse. Erica, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you get, and it feels like it's just this moment, it's a snapshot and it's real, but it's brief. How to prevent that from becoming just like a tokenism of like, 
hey, you people from this other country, you get one day a year and the rest of the time it's, you know, like, so how do you avoid tokenism mm -hmm. or even like that with that, the, the Christmas Eve in, in the war, like there's something lovely about that moment. But then the fact that the very next day they went back to killing each other tells me like, okay, clearly they didn't take that to, to heart. Um, but like, how do we then move from moments to a whole way of life of creating community? How do we let community be not just autopilot, and not just, well, you're in the same building, it'll happen automatically, because clearly that doesn't always happen. But like, how do we move toward letting community be something that helps bring people to life? Maybe, maybe if, if that question makes sense, or how, how do you, how do you intentionally, you who help shape the communal corporate life of congregations that you work with, what things do you find that help bring people to life when we're gathered in community? Or what are things you avoid because they are death dealing rather than life giving? So I, I'm working with a congregation right now, um, and you know they're they're in transition. They're in between pastors, and I, I love this moment for congregations in between pastors because it's a time where you can be very intentional hmm. and kind of revisit some of the 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 foundation of what makes a community a community. Mm -hmm. Like you know, looking at the history, looking at what your mission is, looking at what you're currently doing, what is it time to let go of? What time is it? What what is it that you're being asked to pick up right now? Um, and and part of that for this this particular congregation and community is looking at what are our values. Okay. And what are the things that we we do hold dear to? How mm. do we treat each other? Mm -hmm. And how can we you know, and, and, and especially in these areas that we are lacking, mm -hmm. how can we build that up? Mm -hmm. um, and but for for them, it's 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 now at the point of we need to be intentional. Mm -hmm. We can't just rely on our shared history, but we need to be intentional about where we are right now and mm -hmm. where we want to be. Mm -hmm. um, because just that shared past and that shared history, it isn't enough to carry us forward to where God is calling us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember having conversations in the, the one congregation I serve now that is a, uh, right in the town, uh, where it's placed and has been there for 175 years. So it's like, there's been Lutherans in this community for a long, long time, but the community certainly has changed over the years. And interesting to hear people who have roots that go back decades talk about there was a time when that community was pretty self-sustaining and kind of insular. So everybody knew everybody because you didn't dare go to the next biggest town up the road. Who would possibly do that? You had your own school and post office and grocery store mm -hmm. and all that, which meant that community was sort of ingrained in that. Of course, we know everybody because our kids go to the same school. We go to the same grocery store, all that. But also there was a, man, it was hard to break into that. If you were new, it was like, well, you came to a Lutheran church if you were already Lutheran, but you didn't cross, you know, change teams or anything like that. Um, and now we live in a time when people are willing to try, drive and, and there's people who come from further away and from different backgrounds. And the old markers that gave sense of community aren't there. And so now we have to be intentional. Like, like you said, Sarah, you can't just rely on autopilot on we have common demographics or we all came from the same ethnicity and we have all got German backgrounds or we like it's not the same. Now we have to be intentional in ways that we could be sloppy or lazy before and community happened almost without even trying that now there is a need for intentionality, maybe that. Uh, maybe should have been there all along, but wasn't always there all along. 
What are things that you have found, even at the time you've been in this new setting, Erica, for you and your ministry that help build community? Um, I mean, some of the ministries that we have definitely do that, um, which have been in a place well before I got here. The food mm-hmm. ministry, especially in one of my churches, um, builds community. And I've actually had some folks start coming to the church because of that food ministry. Yep. Um, we have a, an apartment complex that's right across the parking lot from the church. And those folks come over for the food ministry and then they've been coming to worship. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and I think I'm, I'm hoping this summer, like our vacation Bible school will kind of help to build some community. I'm going to try to get the two churches to work together to do that. Um, you know, it, it's still something I, I've been here. I'm in month 11. Um, so honestly, it's still something I'm very much figuring out just because of the nature of what the church has been going through since I've been yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I would say the biggest thing would be some of the ministries that we, we had going before I got here that I've just been able to jump in on and, and help them continue, whether it's a one time a year ministry or over to every other yeah. week kind of thing. I think you've hit on something really helpful that maybe is worth saying out loud and explicitly uh, in all of our contexts that part of what made the, the, that summer first summer of COVID so awkward when we could be in the same space was we, we didn't do the things that felt like here's mm-hmm. the reason for why we would all get together. And like, if the, we actually did more singing back on a screen online than we did in person, why are we all gathering? You know? And like that when there's a reason for us to gather, when there's a sense of the reason that we're all getting together here is, and whether it's a service project, we're all here to help feed our neighbor. When there's a, a project we're behind it, we're all serving in something or now in a time when we can be back to singing more and in, in, like, okay, yeah, this is the reason to be together in a way that it's different than just watching it on a screen or participating at a level or level I could on a mm-hmm. screen. And that sense of community is aimed toward a purpose. And that really brings us to life when it's okay. We're all inviting people to come because together we can plant the flowers in the yard or create the garden or you know, package the food or tie the quilts or, you know, whatever. And that when there's that sense of there's a purpose for our gathering, it, it it gives a it's not aimless you know it's not just like we're individuals who happen to be in the same four yeah. walls but there's a now we are together because we're doing something together that we couldn't do in the same way alone and maybe that's part of how community does help combat the the specter of loneliness is like part of part of maybe the difference between solitude and loneliness is when I, when I'm by myself and it's positive, I call that solitude and it feels like that's purposeful. I'm intentional. And when it feels like I'm longing for community and it's not there, I feel lonely. Mm -hmm. But part of what makes that difference is when there's a sense of purposefulness that that I was intentionally welcomed or that, yeah, they need my gifts. And so therefore I belong. That's maybe what we're aiming for. That's what helps people come to life is not just, we didn't kick you out at the door, but we, want to use you what you you bring something to the table that we want to honor and you can be a part of something Mm -hmm. that brings other people to life maybe that's it so we've got a few more weeks of easter tide which means we're going to be talking about other ways that uh other things bring us to life and maybe some other tricks up god's divine sleeve uh before the season is out so we invite you to join us for more conversation next time here on crazy faith talk see y'all bye